Hello everybody and welcome to Broom Wagoon Cycling Made Inclusive. Is about inclusivity that we are gonna talk today because the topic of today is the Candle Mountain Festival and the topic of this year of the Candle Mountain Festival is inclusivity with a lot of great topics, a lot of great speech and movies that really run on the inclusivity topic. And I'm gonna talk about all of these things, not only that and many other things with Steve Scott the director of the Candle Mountain Festival. Keep tuned on that. Also because the festival is gonna start in a bit more than one week, less than two weeks, so just to be a bit more precise, it is gonna start on the 14th of November till Sunday the 17th of November with a lot of amazing events over there. It's amazing, it's in Candle, it's in the north of England, it's amazing, super close to the Lake District and also to the Three Peaks National Park, amazing, really great one. And if you want to know a bit more info, just go to Candle Mountain Festival, is down the link in the description below, and have a look to the amazing lineup that they have for this great event. Before going directly to the interview to Steve, I just want to tell you two things. First of all, please, if you want to support me, just go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, and just subscribe to this podcast review and put a comment there. It's the only thing that I ask you for supporting because it's the only thing that will let me show and yeah, show this podcast and the things that I'm doing to the biggest crowd as it can be. Talking about support, I have to announce you the first brand support brand of the season number three of the Broom Wagoon. And in talking about anything else than open cycles. I got in contact some months ago with Andy, Andy Kessler, one of the co-owners of the brand, and we just agreed at the end of the path that we are going to be together for this season. Uh, he's going to provide me with a good discount on an open frame, and I'm going to run the bicycle all over I can to discover some new, let's say, undiscovered path. And I will tell all the stories about that. We're gonna talk about people, because it's people behind the brand that we like, right? And I can say that the Open Cycle family looks pretty amazing and made up with great people. I talked with Andy a couple of times via email, more than a couple of times, many times, uh, via email, via calls, and then I met him in person not so much time ago. And I can say that he's a great, really great person with a great, inspiring uh, life, but we are going to talk about that later. For now, just keep on being paused on what is going to happen, we, how I'm going to build a machine that I'm going to put together, and somebody will help me on that, and just follow me on the social media, you will find everything else there. Just go on CC on Instagram, probably is the best way. Stop talking about that, now it's time to talk about the Candle Mountain Festival and my interview to Steve Scott. Talk to you later. Hello, and here, let's start with a bit of background of this interview. Steve, sorry, give me one second, I need to speak as usual a lot. Last year, this period, I was interviewing Mr. Max Leonard. Mr. Max Leonard, aka Mr. Isola Press. And at the end of our interview, he said, ah yeah, and the next week I'm going to be at the Kendall Mountains, Mountain Festival. Well, this year 
It, the festival is almost arriving, and I decided to interview one of the directors of the festival, Steve Scott. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, Stefano. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Super, super happy of having you here. And I can say that actually, as usual, I organized everything really tight on time. And I have to really say thank you for taking your time two weeks right yeah. more or less two weeks before the festival to start to have yeah. this chat with two you. weeks time everything's getting really busy here um yeah the 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 headquarters here in kendall is uh it's a hive of activity as we say here it's just very busy with people running around doing lots of things getting getting everything ready for the uh for the many people that will come to the event in two weeks time are you stressed about that uh i'm waking up very early in the morning and uh, probably not sleeping as much as I should be, but it's yeah, it's I would say it's quite a positive stress. I'm quite excited because I know how much great content that we've got uh, to release to the audience. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a huge event, and we we're a bit crazy really because we pack so much content into just four days. We should probably run it over two weeks, but oh, two years every day. <laughs> you can take that time off work or anything. So. You know, it starts on a Thursday and finishes on a on a Sunday night. So um, there's something for everybody, you know. Yeah. Tell us more about yourself, Steve. Tell me, just in, make a small introduction about yourself. You're going to start from there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, yeah, I'm 54 years old now, and uh, I'm from the Lake District National Park, which is really close to Kendall. Um, I grew up in a mountain environment, maybe not like the Alps, but we still have mountains, climbing mountain biking, road biking, um, you know, windsurfing and flying paragliding. Uh -huh. So my background was very much formed by my, my, uh, my birth town and also um, just, just the background how I got into outdoor sports. I, I, I became a pro skier as a young, young person, which uh, eventually led me to the Alps. And uh, I then progressed from ski racing to uh, ski coaching and teaching and uh, eventually started a an adventure sports school in the southern french alps in alpe d'huez um many years ago with a french uh, snowboarder pro snowboarder and a mountain guide french mountain guide as well so that kept us busy yes yes just tell me a bit more about this love that you have for mountains so you are from the lake district but which kind of mountain you can find there well you know they're they're very old they're some of the oldest mountains in the world believe it or not you know they're, they're a bit like the scottish highlands in a sense of yeah in, in sort of geological terms they're very old mountains and um volcanic and and formed you know millennia ago and you know it's left some really good climbing and some really good uh, playground areas but they're not massive you know they're found that the tallest ones are about a thousand meters in height so but you know you still have the vertical elevation you can still have great adventures so it's like it's all very condensed, which I think is a real advantage to us. So we can we can swim across the lakes and run and on the on the fells, and uh, yeah, cycle around around the lakes and uh, yeah, it's just a great playground. I was so fortunate to to grow up in this environment. But still talking about the mountains that are around you. So being more or less around one thousand meters, this means that you can actually climb up there. I don't know mountain biking or yeah. There's a lot of mountain yeah, a lot of mountain bike trails, a lot of managed trails, single track. Um, there's a lot of bike packing, you know, some sort of off road trails as well. That's maybe not as expansive as the Scottish trails, but um, we still have a 
a, a lot of access uh, around the national park and yeah and the rock climbing is done on what we call the crags so a lot of a lot of the uh, the craggy um rock walls that we have um sometimes they're multi-pitch two or three pitches but mainly single pitch single pitch routes and a lot of tra trad climbing um not so much sport climbing in the lake district but we when we get out to the limestone um, further east uh, then you see a lot more bolting yes and you can go there for the whole year you can make activities for the whole year or when it's winter it's winter like all over the world yeah we even have a ski lift on one of the fell tops mm. here near here it's about half an hour but it's just one single toe on the top of the mountain uh, called rays um, but you know we do get snow up there so we get the ski tours going up and using the ski toe in the winter and you know, a lot of people still i guess because we're located right in the middle of the UK, we're quite handy for going up into to Scotland skiing. To Scotland's only what four hours, four and a half hours away. So, um, you know, whereas the people that live in the south of the country would probably jump on a plane and go to the Alps, which is obviously you know better skiing, but uh, it doesn't feel as wild and as adventurous in some ways as skiing in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can see completely the point, but yeah, I can also understand the point that, okay, in between of your life of being a mountain guide or a professional skier and all these kind of things, at a certain point you find yourself, you found yourself in Kendall during winter and you decided to, yeah, to build up and to organize probably, I don't know, the, the biggest festival about mountains and outdoor in the world right now. How did it happen? What's, what's that? How everything started? Oh, good question. Um, well, it's a long story. I'm going to try and keep it We have all the time. Uh, if somebody's waiting for you outside because you still need to tie up stuff, yeah. I don't know. But for me, I like long stories. Yeah, no, I was. Um, I guess I lived in the French Alps for nearly 10 years. So it took me from the Chamonix Valley to the Southern Alps. Um, and uh, I had a fantastic life there. Then I was... Um, invited to ski on a British demo team in Japan um, skied there and uh, as, as things happen I met a beautiful Norwegian woman and that, that basically took me away from the Alps and she convinced me to move to Norway which is uh, was the next chapter of my life where I ended up um, skiing uh, she was on the Norwegian telemark team and uh, I ended up skiing and coaching a little bit um, in Norway for four years and working in publishing as well, which helped pay the bills. Yeah, wow. I traveled extensively in Norway and Iceland and had a few great adventures in, in the country. I just loved the country, learned the language. And then um, after a long chapter there, um, sadly, our pathways were going in a different direction. And I thought, you know what? Time to come back to the UK. I missed my own language i guess and uh, my home and uh, it had been a long time so eventually i moved back and i landed in kendall um through through other friends and connections and, and started work here um and eventually was invited in 2004 to to work for kendall mountain festival um but i was only employed as a sort of consultant on on the design and marketing side And because of my background in um, adventure sport, you know, I was also a professional um, paraglider pilot um, as a young guy as well. Oh, wow. I did a lot of competing and, um, and teaching as well. This was part of our school in the Alps. Um, so I had a lot of connections around the world and 
thought I could help the festival develop and diversify its content. So I started snow sports content, mountain bike content, which was another passion of mine. And uh, free flights, you know, any, any of the action sports, which were maybe not common in the festival then, because it was a festival that was started by climbers, by mountaineers. And that is still very much, I guess, at the core. Um, and that, that, that was started in 1980. So next year, the festival will be 40 years old. Wow. Uh, and um, I was invited to join the board of directors probably, I think it's eight, eight years ago now, nine years maybe. It's, it's all a bit of a blur, but um, yeah, and now there's just three of us who, who, who own the company and um, we've sort of transformed the event to what it is today. I think it's, it's had, a, like any, any event of this scale, it's had a sort of roller coaster ride over the years and we've, um, I think we've done a good job in, in steering the ship a bit and um, diversifying the content and making it what it is now, really. Cool. Uh, you heard so a lot of things that pops up into my mind. Let's start from there. Uh, you told me that next year you're going to, so 39 years, next year you're going to turn 40. It's more or less my age, mm. by the way. Um, <laughs> and you told me that this, there was a, an evolution on the Candle Mountain Festival, that actually the shape mm. that it has now is different from the one that at, at, the, at the beginning. Yes. Can you tell me a bit more about that? How was actually the first idea, the first design, the first concept of the festival, and how did it evolve? So, so the first concept was very much about climbing stories and expeditions. And I guess back in 1980, they were meeting in the pubs, in the bars, and sharing these stories and looking at slides. You know, obviously it wasn't a digital world they were living in then, so everything was very much in a sort of a hard copy format books, slides, pictures, art. And, uh, you know, the, the guys that started it were top Himalayan climbers, uh, mountaineers. So John Porter, Jim Curran, Brian Hall. Um, you know, these guys were really, really pushing the boundaries on in some of the, the higher mountain ranges around the world. And uh, I guess they just built up that core community. So if you look at that model, um, there are a lot of similarities with, with the event today. And, and that similarity is very much about uh, core communities coming together. So if you take that example for mountain biking, for example, we have the biggest, biggest social gathering um, that celebrates everything about mountain biking, where we have athletes who are giving uh, interviews on stage. We have the latest film from around the world. We have equipment on show from all the, the brand partners. Um, so it's just a celebration of the sport that all the people love. Now, if you multiply that through the different uh, genres of disciplines and sports, um, free flight, kayaking, water sports, um, alpine climbing, uh, cave caving, um, mountain running, endurance sports, um, snow sports, of course, free flight. You can see how we have this gathering of so many different communities of people who all come together. You know, and obviously not everybody just does one sport these days. A lot of us like to run a mountain bike, for example. So there's so much crossover. But you tend to find people do still specialize and the communities all come to Kendall to celebrate the great outdoors, you know, the spirit of adventure that we we all share from not just the UK, but from 
every country in the world, you know, we have such an international audience, whether it's the guest speakers or the visitors now. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Another thing that pops up into my mind, talking about the old times and now, I can see actually a couple of things that can change and that changed and that actually can actually a bit change the, um, the flavor of it because I can completely understand that, I don't know, thinking about late 80s or first, yeah, first years of the 90s. In that period, probably it was a bit more difficult because there was not the digital world to get the best content or actually to know a bit more about people that you can invite. But also on the other side, I can understand that in these times, once you have made all your research, people that were there um, consuming that content, being an audience of the content, they were actually watching at something that was a true premiere, something that they would have seen there, watched there, or listened for about there, but not they would not dine it anywhere else. On the other side today, probably the research job is a bit easier because digital world is all around, but on the other side, you need a bit more of a sparkle to engage with the audience that comes to the Candle Festival because probably people already heard or listened to some of the speech or talked already with some of the people or watched already some of the content that you are sharing. How would you see this balance? How did you see this challenge? Yeah, that's that's a really good point that you make. And, uh, you know, I think for many hours about this, about... You know what? What is the recipe of our success? Um, uh, I think in the digital world now, in the modern world, we all tend to engage and communicate um, through our devices, through our phones, through through the screen. And you just need to walk through a city to see how many people. It's like an extension of the human body, isn't it? Everybody has their phone in the city. I was in London this morning, and. Uh, you know, I was just looking around, looking at the buildings, looking at the sky, looking at the, the beautiful autumn colours. It was a gorgeous day. And, you know, the number of people who were looking at the screen for navigation or for communication or for photographs. And I think what's happening with society is that there's a huge uh, generational disconnect that's happening from nature. And... Um, and that's this di digital boundary, this digital wall that's being built. Now, I think in, in hum humans are genetically programmed to want to have adventures. I think that's a, a natural part of who we are. And I think with Kendall, we're giving this, I guess, metaphorically, Kendall is like a big campfire. You know, it's, it's like in, in the olden times, people used to sit around the fire even now, you know, you love it, don't you? When, we, when you're wild camping with friends and you sat around a fire in the evening in your chair having a beer or, or a coffee or whatever and just talking and sharing stories. And, you know, that's really what Kendall is about. It is about disconnecting sometimes and it's about, you know, looking at film, um, listening to people and learning as well. I think there's a lot of knowledge sharing going on. So it's like this huge campfire, I guess, at Kendall. It's quite interesting. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. The content is, 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 a, is another good question. How do we keep it fresh and interesting? Well, you know, we try and secure um, film premieres. We try and secure um, content that's not being seen or maybe uncut versions or um, interviews with the filmmakers or the athletes. So we always try and add a new layer of um, 
interest in there for the public. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And if I can just stress a bit more on the point that I really liked of, um, of your answer, I would say that, yeah, probably this spirit of the campfire for sure, for sure comes out from the story and the stories that you tell in front of the campfire. But also on the other side, the yeah. cool thing of the campfire is that is are, are the people, are the community, is the community that we're engaging with during the campfire. And uh, keeping on this spirit is really made by the people that are making it happen, that are really burning the fire of the camp. And in talking about people that you're inviting, yeah. Um, yeah, the characters that you're inviting, the guests, people that are speaking, as well as the main character of the movies that you are showing, the premiere of the movies that you are showing out uh, showing out there, because these are really people from mountains. That's what the thing that I'm, I'm saying all the time. People from mountains, people that are engaging with this community, they're pretty down on earth. And that's really the cool thing, I believe, of this kind of festival. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the lovely thing about um, about the these different communities is that you know it doesn't matter which country you're from or which political uh, you know persuasion you have. I think with with outdoor people, I've seen this. I've travelled a lot and met so many people from different cultures. I just think outdoor people um, and people who, who love the outdoor environment and uh, either working in it or using it for mental well-being or physical well-being um, regularly, I think these people tend to be very similar. Uh, and I think the world would be a lot happier place if a lot more people engaged with the sort of stuff that we're doing. Because there's so much so much division in the world now and it's... Uh, I guess, you know, people are hiding behind the digital wall that we, we were talking about earlier. And, um, you know, we're, we're bringing people face to face. And I think that's still really important. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, absolutely, for sure. Still thinking about parallels between uh, old times and now. So we actually discussed and touched the point on how society changed since when the Candle Mountain Festival started till now and all the digital world and everything like this. Mm. But do you think that growing up, the festival changed? Or do you think that still the flavor, the ethos, the spirit of the festival is it's, it's still the same? No, I think, I think it's definitely changing. Um, I, think, I think we're only as good as the people that we're working with, that inspire us, that influence us. And the team at Kendall. Is, is incredible. You know, we have some, some amazing characters working for the team with lots of different skill sets. And, you know, a lot of them are very, very, um, you know, positive about change and uh, forward thinking and very inclusive, which is the theme we're bringing into the festival this year. But, so they're always challenging us and trying to challenge the, the traditions of, you know, who, who the audience will be to engage with, with this sort of content. You know, it's still, uh, I don't know what it's like in Switzerland yet, but um, it's certainly in the UK, it's still, outdoor is still very white, um, fairly affluent people taking part in all our content. And we're very conscious of that. You know, we do want to, to introduce our content to elements of society and our communities who would not normally engage with it. Because I think we're, we're doing good by doing that. You know, we it shouldn't be exclusive. I think everybody has a right to go out on the mountain or, or learn to, you know, to ride a mountain bike. I know it's not always easy with finance and 
social and economic situations. But um, if we can start to inspire people and give people pathways to different different things, um, then I think we're doing some good work. I just don't want it all to be about pleasure. And this is where, where um, Jackie, my wife, who's our CEO of uh, Kendall, she's very community focused. We make all our family family adventure content free. So there is no price for that on a Saturday and Sunday morning. So every both days we have nearly a thousand people uh, each day coming to listen and watch uh, family focused content. So there's children and parents and schools as well. We reach out to schools. Again, we have a very large uh, group of school kids coming. And again, we don't charge the schools for that. So this costs, this costs us a lot of money to put on. But we're really passionate about making this free, as well as, as well as our base camp content. We have a big base camp village um, with lots of talks by all our brand partners. And uh, again, we want people to engage with the brands, of course, but we, we decided to make that free as well. So you can come to the festival with very little money and still have a great time. Yeah, 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 that's great. You were talking about the audience. Let's go a bit more deep into that. How would you define the audience of the Candle Mountain Festival? Oh, it's super diverse. You know, I think it's, um, especially over the last three, four years, I think we've noticed um, a real, real mix. Um, not so much ethnically, I think, um, but age demographic is very mixed. So you, you've got 50, 50 roughly male, female, and then you have from young children, school children and families to older generation people. And I think um, the older generation is still coming to see the, some of the old guard um, athletes, mountaineers, climbers, storytellers. But also the, you know, things like the literature festival um, that we've created has really helped that audience as well. People who like to sit with a book and read about the adventures. I'm not just saying that's the older generation who are interested in that, of course not. But I think it's helped put the, the festival on, on different people's radars, really. Cool. Now, um, I'm going to say that in case I would think about later. So the thing that, for example, hit me last year, I was at European Outdoor Film Tour, here in Zurich, mm-hmm. so it was one of the stage, mm-hmm. and the thing that actually hit me completely on my face was that all the film that they were projecting, that they were sharing, and I would say probably 80, 85, if not 90% of the audience were white male, so mm-hmm. only men being there, for sure, all of them, so all the movies were about men, and most of the audience was about men. Then I had a look because it happened something like, I don't know, uh, one week before or stuff like this that I got to know uh, the Candle Mountain Festival. And then I checked as well the program of the festival of last year. And I've seen that actually the ratio there of the film that you are projecting, the film that you are sharing in your festival, it's for sure different because I've seen speech of women on stage, films about women on stage. You're trying also to combine these things, so to share this content and trying to diversify also the gender equality into the um, yes into the festival. Would you say that this is actually your a trend that you are following in order to include everybody, right? Yeah, sorry, I, I don't think it's a trend so much as um, intention. Um, Great. You know, most of our team are women in in the Kendall Mountain Festival. 
Um, I'm in the minority. We have more women working for us than we have men, um, wow, okay. which is a really good thing. Um, I, you know, personally, I have three daughters and two sons. So, you know, my daughters always challenge me if there is no balance, gender balance. And I think we've really worked hard to, to make that inclusivity. Um, and it's not always been, been easy. Um, sometimes you can't force um, female-driven content if it's simply not there. But we've been really busy looking out for that content. And our artistic director, Claire Carter, is really proactive in, in sourcing out um, you know, that diversity of content. And it's not just about sex. It's not just about male-female. It's, yeah. it's about ethnicity. It's about different cultures, the black community, the gay community. We've got um, some really interesting films from the uh, LGBT community this year. You know, who would have thought the, the gay community were making outdoor films? Well, we've got a couple of gems this year, you know. So it's, um, it's really important to us that we, we do um, promote this inclusivity. Um, and, you know, it's, it should be a reflection on society today. Um, and we should be a window into that. So I think it's really important that we actively source out content that is, is a bit challenging. You know, it's... It challenges people. It makes them feel a bit uncomfortable sometimes, you know. And we don't just always want the the high high energy, high adrenaline, amazing jaw dropping content. Sometimes we want content that makes people cry, that makes people angry, that makes people question things, you know. And I think, yeah, I think that's the team. You know, it's all of us try and find these bits of content, whether it's an incredible film or a piece of writing or um, an incredible speaker who will provoke a reaction. Um, and that's, that's why we're keeping, you know, keeping fresh and um, constantly evolving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I just have to say also another thing. This was my consideration on last year, uh, European Outdoor Film Tour. Seems like this year, after a lot of people pushing on that, they changed a bit their portfolios, movies. But yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that in another time. Yeah. Continue on, actually, the content that's actually your probably main responsibility on uh, the Candle Mountain Festival. How do you usually, how does it work? How do you usually choose the perfect content to share into the festival? How do you choose the characters? How does it work? How is your typical duties on that? I've got um, a really incredible uh, address book. I think I, if, I lost, if I lost my, uh, my phone, I would, uh, well, luckily everything's backed up onto the cloud, isn't it, these days? But yes, yes, yes. Backup everywhere. The best address book of athletes and filmmakers all around the world. It's I'm so privileged um, to have some great connections and friends, um, as is the rest of the team. You know, I think it's um, Kendall is compromised of a very skilled, very um, diverse team, each with lots of different backgrounds and skill sets. Everybody has specific areas of interest, real passions. So we have uh, Paul Scully, who's totally passionate about nature writing and. And, uh, and outdoor literature. And, um, and he's built and developed the Kendall Mountain Literature Festival, which sits as part of the main event. But it's really incredible, the sort of programs and books, of which I think we were talking earlier about the, uh, the Rough Stuff Fellowship uh, archive, you know, Max Leonard and the book and the feature that they're, they're talking about um, this year. And, you know, there's so much content like that that is just amazing. 
So, uh, you know, and I think that inspires us to also look at different channels of film. And, but we're, we're contacting people all year. And I think a lot of filmmakers have Kendall in mind for, for film releases and see if we can uh, program their new content. Because we have an international film competition. We have nearly 400 films entered into competition every year, of which we screen around whew, anything between 70 and 100 films um, in competition. So um, it's, it's a diff- difficult challenge to, to select the program, but there's a pre-selection panel of around 20 people. Um, and we, we spend many, many weeks, many months watching content and finding content as well that would suit suit the festival and the audience, of course. Something that I just probably forget about asking you, but I think could be a good point that we need to touch. So you were saying that your, so the festival, the Mechanical Mountain Festival is pretty, pretty, pretty big and takes part. So it starts, it happens in Kendall itself. Yeah. Yeah. Of how how big are we talking? And uh, so we are talking about a super big festival. How big first, and then how does it work between all this huge amount of people in a small town like Handel? How they I react? Think, yeah, I mean it's a real real challenge as we've grown um, to find the space. We we expect anything between sixteen and twenty thousand people. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, Obviously, these 20,000 people aren't in one place at one time. Everybody's spread out, doing lots of different things across the event, layers of, layers of activity. Um, but, you know, the, the challenge is, is accommodation and venues. So we use every space we've got in the town. You could go into some bars. There's something happening. We use the leisure centre as our biggest venue. We're lucky that we have a, um, a big art centre with theatres and cinema screens, which is... The hub there, we build a big base camp village. Um, we've used schools in the past, the judo club. Um, you know, as I mentioned, cafes and bars. You can go down uh, an alleyway in Kendall. It's an old market town. Um, so farming, the farming community traditionally in the past has been very big here. Sheep farming predominantly. And uh, so you've got really interesting shape town. Um, that's been designed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And uh, it, it sort of lends itself to people exploring these little cosy places in, in, uh, in autumn um, and exploring the, the content in all the different venues. So, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, people stay all around the area and come into the festival as well. So. Are people happy, people from Kendall? So the people that are living there for a year long, are they happy of this invasion yeah. of 20,000 people and of the event? I would be happy. Well, I think uh, the business people are very happy. Um, For sure. <laughs> we, we must be bringing in, I guess, between three and four million euros over the week um, to, the, to the local town, uh, to the local economy. Um, you know, that has a significant impact uh, in, a, in a time of year where there isn't much tourism normally because it's between the seasons. Yeah. Um, so, of course, that's important. I'm sure there's some people that, find getting around town quite difficult. Um, but, you know, we're, we're working to build uh, relations with local businesses. Um, and generally, most people love the event. And we're trying to get more and more local people to come to come and take part, which we have, of course. But, uh, you know, local schools and outlying schools as well, we're trying to get them into the festival and, you know, getting them to feel part of, part of the event. Yeah. 
Well, let's head to this year, the 2020 edition of the Candle Mountain Festival. Uh, do, is there any theme? Is there something that you are, let's say, uh, using as a focus more? Or yes, how, how is it going to be? Well, today is a good day to talk about the theme because we've, if you look online, we've just released our new trailer. I just Every received year. the email and I'm super happy. Yeah. I'm going to watch it with the big screen now. Yeah, so we actually, for the first time ever, we, we filmed the first part of that trailer. So we we sort of created a bit of a story looking at, looking at the festival from a child's eyes, you know, seeing all these amazing, strange looking people with different sports. And we wanted to try and say, look, you know, this world in Kendall might seem a bit alien and a bit strange to you, but actually the more you involve yourself and explore our world, the more you'll feel at home with all this content and people. And it's about, you know, realizing that there is a, a welcoming, uh, inclusive element to, to Kendall, which I think everybody discovers once they get involved with it. So inclusivity is, is the theme this year. It's about opening out. That's the, that's the title of the film, Open Out, which means just opening up, um, which I guess is a big, um, a big uh, I don't know, maybe a dig at our government at the, at the moment where everything seems to be focused around closing in. Mm. You know, the, the whole Brexit thing, the whole yeah. problems uh, we have as a nation, and yet we wanted to throw that on its head and just say, look, you know, that's not the full population, this community, and a lot of, lot of the UK is still very focused about opening out. And um, I think we're, we're leading by example, hopefully, on that. Well, don't tell me that. Uh, I'm actually, you know, originally from Italy and uh, all the narrative that is spreading out in my country about immigration and closing the arbors or whatever, for me, is painful really on my body really physically painful depending here to listen about that I, I i don't really like borders um uh. i think they create more problems um with migration people will always try and get in um it's not it's not got too political but i think um the mentality and the mindset of people who who love this content tend to be very similar i think and you can still have slightly differing political um, perspectives but I think being uh, open, open to, and warm to, and being kind in society is 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 much more valuable than trying to close the doors and protective um, measures is is such a backward step. You know, sometimes some of us weren't fortunate fortunate to be born in the mountains or in a national park. Some people were born in Syria, you know, and I think um, exactly, yeah, you know, and that 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 that's not their choice, you know. If I was Syrian and my family were being bombed, I would move. Of course, I would move. I'd move to safety, and and that's you know that's that's the reality of of the world at the moment. People are naturally moving, whether it's because of climate crisis or because of war. And you know, Kendall. I mean, obviously, we're we going way off off message here, but at Kendall, we're we're um, we're having uh, some Syrian refugees this year coming to see some content, so we're welcoming some some people in um, to to the event and uh, they're going to come and see some of our film and content, which we're really excited about. 
Well, I, uh, I'm really happy. So because really before this interview, I didn't know that the theme of this year of the Candle Mountain Festival was inclusivity. But that's exactly the kind of the topic all the time that I have in the Broom Wagon, in my podcast, the Broom Wagon, sorry. Um, oh, cool. Yes, is the, the kind of the headline was always cycling made inclusive, not having boundaries, not having yeah, borders or divisions between people that like to mountain bike, people that like to road cycle, and people that like to tour and people that like to race. Yeah. It's everything one thing. It's just a different aspect of the same thing. And the cool thing is the community. And you will always have things to share in uh, in this way, this world, if you don't... Because the, the easiest thing is something like closing yourself. Closing yourself in your room, closing yourself in uh, in your country, in your in your flat, in your country, whatever. It's the easiest thing. But you're not going to discover anything. You're not going to meet cool people. You're no. not going to have fun in your life if you close up. If you open no. out then everything is coming into your life and everything is getting you richer. And knowing that actually a lot of these kind of amazing events of its reality, like the Candle Monterey Mountain Festival is talking about that. That's really great and opens, opens warms up my heart. And that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I, I think you'd feel totally at home in Kendall. And that's why we have so many people coming back from all over the world every year because um, it's sort of... It gives you an energy. It sort of recharges those batteries that you can then go out for the winter and uh, get a new project and, you know, power the year away on, on new new points of inspiration and new connections that you've made at an event like ours. It can be life-changing in some ways for some people. And, and for other people, it's simply just entertainment, you know, and I think it is what you make it. Um, and it's up to us to just put this big show on, I guess, just give the people the opportunity to to make those new connections, really. Yes, yes. Still talking about the content, I want to ask you two questions about the content. One mm. is, which one is the piece that you are putting on stage this year that you are more most proud of? And second thing, you know that this, uh, this one is mainly a cycling podcast. Is there... Yes something that to an audience like me would actually completely astonish on coming to the Candle Mountain Festival? What about that? Well, biking is, is, is the, big, the, the big thing at Candle, really, uh, especially over the last three, five years. Um, bike night is the biggest event within the festival, which is um, incredible when you think it started out as a climbers festival and big mountaineering content but you know the mountain bikers really adopted it as well as some of the main brands who helped us generate that content and uh, it's become such a such a big event with with a great following so the bike night um, which is traditionally every friday night of the festival celebrates everything to do with mountain biking and um, whether it's downhill enduro um, even even bikepacking, anything off roads, um, uh, is 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 just covered, and 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 we have some incredible film and speakers, uh, and, and and everybody's drinking, and it's just huge, huge high energy evening. Um, we have a house band as well, so there's live music in there. People win bike frames, you know, it's just fantastic. I wish we could do it, you know, every night of the festival. Great. So, so, but every every year we've, we've we've sort of thought, okay, are we covering? You know, the bike world is so huge. You know, we 
have so many disciplines within cycling, um, cyclocross, road biking, of course, and um, gravel riding now, obviously, which is growing, and all the all the e-bikes too. So you think, well, is there space to create a separate session? We can't fit everything in that Friday night. What about the road biking community? And I know a lot of road bikers ride mountain bikes. Of course, we all love two wheels. All of us that, you know, I ride bikes. I love bikes. But, you know, I think the community from the road side of things have been asking us for years to try and develop some content for, you know, for their passion. So this year is the first year that we're creating um, a road bike session, which will be um, presented by Rafa. Uh Uh-huh. And that will be taking place on the Saturday afternoon. So there's going to be a big ride out in the morning with um, you know, the World Tour Pro uh, Lachlan Morton from the EF Education First Pro Cycling Team. Yeah. Uh, and he'll be also talking in the afternoon about his experiences riding the team's sort of alternative calendar of events, you know, like the GB Juro, Dirty Kansas, Three Peaks yeah. race. And they've made some incredible films around that. Plus, we'll also on in that session we'll have a guest appearance from Emily Chapel, who's obviously a incredible uh, ultra distance uh, cyclist with some incredible stories to tell, and I think she'll go down very well. And the event will be hosted by um, uh, Harry Dowdney, who who's the guy in front of the camera on the Rafa Gone Racing series of films, which I don't know if you've seen, but they're yes. really well produced. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're super well produced. I love them. Yeah, yeah. So that is so exciting. So that's really new. So we've got the traditional mountain bike night on the Friday night, which is uh, presented by Trek Bikes. Um, and uh, we'll have a lot of their riders. But we've also got like a world premiere from uh, a, a production company called Amp Media. And that's taking place on the Saturday. And, and it's called Going In. And, and they basically follow, followed the Trek factory race teams over the year so it's like a behind the scenes from from the pro teams so they're covering enduro um, cross country and obviously downhill as well from the trek side of things so it's it's really fascinating film where you see you know the rough with the smooth you know behind the scenes it's not all it's not all glory and um luxury on the, as many people know on on the uh, on the bike circuit so they made a made a really good documentary which they'll be doing the world premiere of on Saturday. So cyclists are well covered this year at Kendall, and I'm really excited about that. That's really, really, really cool. So I wanted to ask you also about, so any cyclist is welcome on bringing his own bicycle and ride the bicycle as well in Kendall, right? Yeah, yeah, because they've got the big rider. We've got one of the fastest growing road bike clubs in the UK, at Kendall Cycling Club. So they'll really? be organized. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really big club now. Um, you see the vests all around town, and they're organizing a big ride out in the morning, on the Saturday morning, and then people are going to get together, have drinks in the afternoon, and come to the to the show presented by Rafa in the in the afternoon. So, And then the mountain bikers, they usually go on the Saturday morning, they usually do a mountain bike loop um, in partnership with Trek and one of the local um, dealers' wheelbase in uh, in a valley really close to Kendall, and they go up on the, on the mountains and do a lovely loop. Yeah, so that's great. So there's physical activity. We also have a big trail race for the fell runners, for the mountain runners, um, and that's a, just a 10k race. But it leaves the town centre, so we close the town centre down, and 
just above Kendall, there's a really nice long uh, limestone ridge called Scout Scar. Mm-hmm. And the 10K takes them out of the town, right up this hill and along the scar, which gives beautiful views of the Lake District if it's not raining, which we've been touch wood. We've, we've been very lucky the last, I think, three years with the race. It's been a beautiful day. And then uh, they come back into the town with the town centre finish. And, uh, yeah, that's a really good atmosphere for that, too. That's great. That's amazing. I have just another couple of things that I want to touch base, and then I will let you be. As I was saying, I really think that you are pretty busy. Just going back a bit more on the personal side and then a curiosity. Um, you told us, you told me that you have big family. Yes. Do you have any way or are you really winning the battle of engaging them with mountain things? Or uh, is a battle that probably you're going to win a bit more along on the time? And how are you doing this? Well, you know, then you, as you might know, I don't know if you have children or not, but, um, you know, your kids are never you. Um, whether you think they are, you can influence them and introduce them to a lot of things. But ultimately, they're their own people. Um, what we've tried to do, uh, Jackie and myself, is, is to introduce them to a lot of different things in life. We've traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we focused on spending our money and giving the kids experiences and traveling. And a lot of that in- inevitably is in- involved getting out into the outdoors. We have some really close friends in uh, Interlaken in Switzerland. Yes. Amazing and, place, uh, by the way, for the riding the bike. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, our close friend is is one of Switzerland's top top climbers, Stefan Sigrist. And uh, we spent some time with them um, a few years ago, climbing and being in the mountains. And the kids, you know, all these incredible people that the children have met through the festival, I think, have influenced them. But you know, my son's a really my eldest son is a really keen climber, but. Um, and he gets sent into the outdoors all the time. The others love the outdoors, but they're very creative. So they're, they're into design and art. So we have one economist mm-hmm. uh, and musicians. So, you know, it's not necessarily their pathway, but I think it's part of their life. They always like to get outside and... Um, I think it's inevitably influenced them over the years, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, you were talking about yeah, uh, your kids are into art and uh, design. You are also a designer, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was really the reason I got involved with Kendall in the first place. Uh, graphic design. Okay. Uh, I had my own company and uh, sort of worked quite a lot with the outdoor industry, um, as as do the other directors, Clive. He was marketing uh, manager for Low Alpine in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie, my wife, worked on the North Face marketing team um, before she, she joined the team here. Um, but my background, apart from the outdoor sports, is, is very much a design-based background with, with a consultancy that sort of underpinned a lot of the, you know, the, the growth of Kendall, if you like. Um, we did a lot of work for the festival, but also for a lot of companies in the outdoor industry. And, the festival has just swallowed all that up over the years because it's become such a, a full-time job. We're working on it all year. We have an office in China now. We're running events all over the world. So it's just become a, a full-time thing for us. That's great. That's really, really amazing. Really the last thing that I want to ask you, why mountains? Why mountains are so attractive, so cool? 
I know I actually was born close to the sea. I grew up close to the sea and I've been there around for more than 18, 19 years. But in win- I really can understand myself while I'm in winter, I have this kind of mountain blues because mm. I cannot go up to the mountains riding the bicycle up there, even just hiking up there. And I don't have the same problem with the sea. Mountains, why are so fascinating? Why do they attract us so, so much? Um, well, firstly, mountains are, in a way, for Kendall now, uh, a metaphor for the whole outdoor environment. So, you know, we have a lot of content based around the ocean, the sea. We have a lot of surfing, film and content. So it is a mountain festival, but mountain really is the metaphor that we're using for everything outside. But mountains specifically um, are still... They're like the sentinels for the environment. They're, they're sort of the barometers for change. I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of environmental change happening on the mountains, whether it's the glacial reduction. Um, and we're seeing forest deforestation around the world on the mountain landscapes. So I think mountains are still very important. And yet they can still be huge challenges for people. Obviously, the climbing mountaineering community mm-hmm. can still find um, many, many years of um, incredible challenges out there, um, whether it's the greater ranges, big, big Himalayan high altitude mountaineering or big wall climbs um, in remote locations. Um, and uh, sorry about that. And then um, the mountains itself, I think, is, is simply, for, for me, it's just, I don't know, it's just a symbol for adventure. It, it, it's, it facilitated uh, a whole lifestyle for me growing up getting fit, uh, using it for sport, using it for my work, using it for pleasure, um, even even spreading my grandparents' ashes over the mountains where I'm from, you know, and it has a whole life cycle of its own. And um, for me, it's, exa- it's, it, it's sort of part of me. And I think, um, I think a lot of people can connect with that, really. Um, they're not just lumps of, of rock. <laughs> They're, you know, they're, they're very much symbolic, I think, for life, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, Steve, uh, it was really amazing and inspiring chat. I have to say thank you. Thanks a lot to be here today. If you want to add anything, by the way, just go ahead. Do you want to add anything? No, well, thank, thanks uh, for inviting me on. It's been a real, real pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd love to meet you in person one day. You're always welcome. And you know, we have a good connection with Zurich and Switzerland. You know, the Swiss Tourist Board have come to the festival every year. They're part of our village and uh, long may that continue. So so thanks for reaching out and uh, yeah, grazie Emilia. Ah, no worries. Prego. <laughs> I'm going to talk with the Zurich the office there and I'm going to let uh, I'm going to see what they have to tell me. <laughs> it's a great tip anyway. <laughs> Steve, really, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. The chat with Scott was really an amazing one. I can tell you that probably most of it was spontaneous. I prepared something, topics, as I do usually for the interview, but because Scott is such an amazing character, everything came out spontaneously. Many of the questions just came out like they were, you know, something like in the flow of the conversation. And I was pretty happy and when I discovered that the theme of this year of the Kendall Mountain Festival is inclusivity, that is actually the main engine that runs this podcast and all my life. 
Making discrimination is super easy, just closing, as I was saying during the interview, just closing your door to everything that is new for you. And it's never, it's never something good because it's not funny, first of all, and makes you not a good person. Open up the door to new experience, to a new yourself. That's the thing, that's the best thing that you can do to yourself and to your close family and friends. Thanks a lot, Steve, for the amazing chat. I really, really thank you for that. And uh, for all of you out there, I said already at the beginning, just go on candlemountainfestival.com to find all the agenda of all the events that are gonna run there. And if you can be there, go there, fly there, live the life of this amazing event that every year really brings up a lot of amazing content, spirit and experience of the outdoor world. Mountain is just an example, it's just a metaphor of outdoors and living the life as it must be lit. But that's another amazing and cool story. Just head there to their website, everything is in the description below, and follow them as much as you can and everything is gonna be for sure a great surprise for you as well. Thanks a lot for listening to me today and if you like this content and all the other content that I produce in these years, just go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Don't forget to push the subscribe button and then rate this podcast and put a review, a comment out there. It's really, really, really appreciated and this is the best support that you can give me. I will talk to you next week and keep on being post on my social media. Calamaro CC is always the best on Instagram to know a bit more on what is going to happen between myself and Open Cycles and what is going to born there as soon as we can. Ciao.